This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. A silent storm begins to brew in an ancient land of darkness. With tumultuous force from the crust of the earth, two worlds come together as one from the past and the present, celebrating culture and spirit, paving the pathway to our future. It's time for dreaming, urban dreaming, finding your voice, finding your spirit. Joy 94.9. Warren Jacker, Joy 94.9 would like to acknowledge and pay respect to the sovereign peoples of the past, present and future generations of the Kulin nations on whose unceded land we work, live and broadcast from. We would also like to acknowledge all our brother boys and sister girls of the LGBTI communities. Yes, you're in Urban Dreaming. This is Rami on the mic. And this is Layla. And we're here from 8 till 9pm, so stay tuned, guys. We've got a deadly show coming up this evening. In the studio with us tonight, we have Leah Purcell. Ooh. So cool, so cool. Been waiting for this moment, actually. Um, yeah, and um, we've also got a bit of a chat about NADOC Week, yeah. and we're going to be talking in general about some really a fantastic music. Um, so, yeah, please stay with us. We're with you, and we're going to have fun. And this song right now is... I don't know. Pelapalese. Pelapalese. <laughs> By Tasman Keith. Keith. Enjoy. I've been raising the streets that they don't know. All our police stretching knees for the popo. On top of me was the keys to the side show. Now motherfuckers run down motherfuckers. I'm supposed to be locked up with three cousins, but my open mind always set me free. Smuggled in some bubble time. Watch out for the heat. They want us dead. Multiply by three. My bolapo, my bolapo, yeah. My bolapo, my bolapo, yeah. My bolapo, my bolapo, yeah. They want us dead. Multiply by three. My bolapo, my bolapo, yeah. My bolapo, my bolapo, yeah. My bolapo, my bolapo, yeah. They want us dead. Multiply by three. Being in the belly of the beast. That he left to reap sleep. Release that seed made him sleep. Three. Money your PCOs got each. Our death always contest. Better with the vest strap up our chest. Our death always complex. Fucking on us with no consent. Command. My word. None dead. We learn. Incarnation and what we face and exaggeration on from a nation. I made a statement. I am a statement. I blood the pavement. Me fate. No, never. Uncle dead. And my auntie dead. To my uncle spits. This shit forever. My bolapo. My bolapo. Yeah. My bolapo. My bolapo. Yeah. My bolapo. They wanna stay, multiply by My 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 they wanna stay, multiply by my Big ass, I made some rap. Oh, from putting in my black, I was on a mat. Find myself, I got a dash. Get back, get myself a bit and crash. Run up a cliff, just to show how big I is. I- 
Welcome back to Urban Dreaming with Layla and... And Ooh, So you were listening to Tasman Keith, and he is actually the son of an Aboriginal hip-hop pioneer, Wire MC, and that was his latest single, My Palepolis, which steps up to the plate and heralds the arrival of a real contender and uncompromising track both lyrically and musically. Joy, 94.9. We have a live guest who's one of our most amazing performing artists of all time. Just want to make um, make acknowledgement also to this lady because she's she's been there for, since day one. With regards to um, you know getting me inspired and, and helping me to to understand the craft of what acting is. Wow, the original trailblazer for yeah. all of us, eh? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. This woman has been there. She's done that. She's helped others, and I will tell you a little bit about her in regards to what she's done. So, she's multi-talented. Yes, Leah Purcell is a theatre, film, and television actress, singer director, playwright and author. She is youngest of seven children of Aboriginal Australian descent and her father was a butcher and a boxing trainer. After a difficult adolescence, looking after a sick mother who died while Leah was in her late teens and problems with alcohol and teenage motherhood, Purcell left Murgon Mission and moved to Brisbane and became involved in the community theatre. In 1996, she moved to Sydney to become presenter on a music video cable television station called Red Music Channel. And this was followed by the roles of the ABC television series Police Rescue, Fallen Angels, and the excellent drama starring Gabriel Byrne and Laura Linney on Genderbine. Yes, she co-wrote and starred in a play called Box of Boney, which I loved, I saw that. And uh, also um, that played the Belvoir Street Theatre. And speaking of Belvoir Street Theatre as well, uh, more recently you were a writer and actor for um, The Drover's Wife. And, you know, after that, she basically, yeah, just went on to more freelance work. She then wrote and directed documentary Black Chicks Talking, mm. which won the 2002 Inside Film uh, IF Award. Uh, she appeared in the acclaimed Australian film Lantana, brilliant film, and the stage um, on the stage for the Vagina Monologues. And then she went on to appear in the three 2004 films, including Somersault, starring Abby Cornish, and the proposition as well as playing the role of Condoleezza Rice in David, and um, David has played this, and stuff happens in Sydney and Melbourne. Yes, The Drover's Wife, we mentioned before. Also, Redfern Now, Clever Man, and um, the brand new play after... Oh, sorry, brand new day. <laughs> after 
Oh gosh, that's 93. That's a long yeah. time ago. So here she is right now in the studio. Hey, thank you. Yourself. How are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. I'm a bit late with saying, telling everyone happy NAIDOC. That was last week. Nah. I'm a little bit behind. Nah. <laughs> NAIDOC's all but, year uh, round. No, that's right. It's a black day every <laughs> day. Hey? Day. Day, day, day. But I just want to acknowledge country that we're on uh, to the cooler nations for me to be here and wow. telling my story and working down here on uh, Wentworth. Yeah, how exciting. So um, speaking of Wentworth, so you play a deadly character, Rita Connors, or in the original Rita the Beater. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how's it all been going? Yeah, great. You know, I've got to remind myself that I'm 47 and not 27. Uh, Auntie thinks she can still chuck herself around. Yeah, you can. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, look, it's been great. It's been 20 years in the making, really, in the sense of um, I was going to not, not retire from acting, but after The Drover's Wife, mm. I was sort of saying I wrote that for a lead role for myself and it went really well. Um, I was going to say I'll put it on the back burner so I can focus on my direction and writing um, leading up to feature film land and then – this offer comes along and I sort of told everyone, oh, hang on a minute, if I put my actor's hat on, this is the ultimate. It's a it's a TV show that's established around the world, you know, just want a Logie for the best drama yeah. on Australian TV. That's it. Um, I was the sort of the new story carrier, uh, the new blood coming through because yep. of um, – you know, other other characters being killed off. Yeah, that's <laughs> as you it, do, eh? you got to have someone to come through and carry a new storyline. Right. It's got to be Blackfellas. Yeah, ah. so it was a it was a great it was a great honour and a privilege, and they allowed me to collaborate on the storyline and looked at cultural stuff through that's our characters. What, well, that's what I was noticing because you know I noticed that the first episode you were the top billing. Yeah, um, and then also you know the interactions between the Blackfellas are pretty authentic. Yeah, so I've got to ask. Yeah. Do you have a lot of input with the direction? Not so, oh well. When when it comes to us, we would we'll suggest stuff, you know. And um, we said we, you know, we're out there acting, and we want to represent. We're on mainstream TV. Uh, it's around the world. Like it's I'm surprised at the tweets and all that social media stuff mm. that I get things in other languages I can't read, but it's wow. so cool. And me and Radi, uh, uh, Radawoy Hick, who plays my sister, yeah. we just we wanted to keep it real for the mob so that they can watch something that they can connect to. You know, there's yeah. a great line coming up in the episode tonight that I I dropped in. You know, we do a bit of ad lib mm. and, and especially we had the beautiful Beck Cole, um, uh, Murray Woman. Oh, well, she's not a Murray. She's from um, Northern Territory, I think, Tennant Creek Mob. Uh, she come on and directed and we sort of went um, – we went to town, you know, in, you know, the Blackfella sign language yeah, and lingo, you know. That, and she went, yeah, go on, go on, you know. And, you know, because a couple of times the other non-Indigenous directors be a little bit iffy and I said, yeah, but that's how we go because we're shorthand when we talk, you know. I said, yeah, me and Rady could do this with no, not even doing them lines, you know. We only say it because you fellas need to know yeah, what we're on that's about. That's it, eh? You've got to check that the cameras are rolling. <laughs> yeah, to... so they're, they're great in that and good on them for trusting us and, and going with it and I've made sure that I've, you know, spoken to elders. I had to do a bit of a morning scene for, you know, what happens in Series 7 and got permissions, which helped with our backstory as our characters. So it's been it's been great. You've got to train for it, so it's great to be back into training and yeah. hitting the bag and oh, deadly. swimming like a young one. But oh, anyway. don't. <laughs> How did you find, though, because, you know, as a black fella coming into or on set, I mean, I'm sure you've had a lot of experience with it anyway, you know, as a black fella coming onto a white set, like... Yeah, look, it's struggles. Yeah, with that. It, it, it's daunting in any circumstance, whether you're black or white. In this circumstance, mm. it's an established show, and it's an ensemble piece with some strong-minded, beautiful, talented women that have made had paved the way with the with with the show. Mm. So I, I, I'm just the 
typical bluff. I just give respect. You know, they've it's their turf. I'm there to come and play. I'm a team player. I love the collaboration. Um, if I came in big note and, and let you know, you know, letting the ego fly everywhere, then you know, person needed to be knocked down. Yeah. But I, that's not in me at all. That's not my go. So yeah. we've sort of worked in with the family. You know, we didn't want to. We just wanted to blend in. We wanted to do the best that we could because they set the the, the bar. But it's nice what me and Rady both say. It's nice to have another black fella there. Yeah. Because you know, I'm a bit. I'm actually quite shy, and I sort of sit back. And it's nice to have Rady, who's miss out there. You yeah. Know, that younger it, generation. Eh? I always say too, like when there's one black fella, that's yourself. There's yeah. one black fella, but when there's two of you, yeah, there's, there's 200 of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. So it was nice to actually share this experience with her. I've, I've known her since she was a little girl. She yeah. went to school with my daughter. And, oh, and so it was nice to sort of to share that. And she's a great little actor and we just have fun. You know, we've had a lot of emotional stuff, but at the same time we laughing and carrying on and talking silly on the side, you know, oh, so it's good. Lovely. It's always interesting, isn't it, when you see um, play actors like yourself and others who who – when they get on the stage or they're on television in front of the camera, like they turn it on, and then as soon as they're off, like they become this shy, reserved character, and it's just it's really bizarre to see because, you know, particularly someone like yourself who, who's done a lot of starring roles and, you know, and obviously got a lot of accolades and awards for what you do, but the thing is, like, yeah, you were saying I'm usually just generally a shy, reserved person, like. I'd love to know more about that and I guess how do you process um, knowing the difference between performing and then being back to, you know? Yeah, look, I think uh, everyone puts a little bit of themselves into a role. I think you've got to find a way to connect but you've got to have something so that you aren't afraid to project performance, you aren't afraid to be vulnerable, you aren't afraid to be angry, you're not afraid to go there emotionally. And I think you have to find that's where your other character comes in so you can do that because when you when you step away from stuff, you want to be able to find yourself and, and, and come back down. But the funny thing is with this Rita Connors, it's probably the closest character that's truthfully to who I am. I consider myself quite a loyal person. Yeah. Um, I'd give you the shirt off my back if anyone needed help. Um, mess with me, I'll have a crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Boxing but, the pony. Yeah, Boxing the pony, you know, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But, but she wears it, she's there to protect. She's a, she's a, she's a person who likes family and, 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 you know, community, community, aspect I guess mm. of prison life in that a- aspect but um yeah but it's just yeah it's it's interesting because sometimes you know a few years ago I said who is actually Leah Purcell where's she gone you know and I think I've sort of found her through my writing yeah. you know and um and because performance you've always got to have something to protect you from you've got to have tough skin so you can't put yourself you do put yourself all out there emotionally but you gotta I've always got to have the character's skin on so that I feel safe when I walk out on stage and then I can do what I need to do that's true and then I take that off and I leave the burdens that comes with performance mm. of the high energy and the high emotional and that I can sort of step away and look up you've got to look after yourself you know because it it, it it um all the emotional stuff that you do especially on Wentworth especially the first play that I ever did you've got to learn how to turn that off you know that emotion off and, and care for yourself that's because you can mess so, with your head a bit so true hey yeah. yeah that's really beautiful and thanks for sharing that <laughs> and what kind of skin is that possum nag him uh, <laughs> probably go in and nag look out old and dry now. No, don't. No. <laughs> um, yeah, because I mean, on the original Wentworth, uh, you know, Rita the Beater, yeah. she's the one that comes in and outsmarts the 
the uh, the main villain, eh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know yeah, freak, you can't yeah, give the freak. Give that's too it. Much away, yeah. You can't give too much away, but you know, like that's pretty exciting that the queen of the bikies, as as Davy Thompson would say, yeah. you know, Davy Thompson, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, the queen is a black fella, yeah, yeah, and she's come in, and this is this is who she is. Yeah. So that's really exciting for Mob to see. Yeah. It's groundbreaking. Yeah, hey? yeah, yeah. It is, and especially like tonight, Rita steps up tonight because mm. people are saying, oh, she's just sitting back watching, and you know, I love listen the reading the tweets and and all of that sort of stuff and I said there's a reason it's coming and it's it starts tonight so uh, and and what you see tonight it takes so long to do the physical stuff like it's only two minutes of probably on screen but it takes like anywhere to four to five hours and in episode 12 which I'm not giving anything away on there's a big action sequence and it it took 12 hours and it was my wow. my day so actually you know what I've got a little surprise for you now yeah. I just found this on the net just check oh. This out. No. Rita. Rita Connors. Rita Connors, I think, is a very loyal woman. Uh, she's very family based. Um, that's that's what I got. You know, when we sat down and spoke about her backstory with producers and and what kind of person she is. So I felt that there's a great loyalty to her family because she actually sacrifices herself for her family's safety. Um, with an incident that happens, you know, that develops the story. And when when you first meet Rita, she's actually got to prove herself to the other prisoners. So she's actually a more of an observer and she's more, she's quiet in that sense. She's working out the lay of the land. That's where, where do I sit? Where am I supposed to be? So she's actually quite quiet, reserved and observant. And I kind of like that because characters I have played have been out there, loud and proud and crazy. So it's actually been nice to play something opposite. The loyalty is the one that keeps coming back. She's very loyal, I think, but, but she's a chick that would give you the back of her, you know, the shirt off her back to help. I think she's very much uh, someone who will be there to help someone if they're in time of need. But if you cross her, I think you wouldn't want to mess with her. So there you go, yes. Bit of an insight for those who have never seen Wentworth. That's definitely a show worthwhile to check out with Leah Purcell, Mm. the newcomer for the show, that is. So, yeah, um, I guess in regards – I'm just sort of looking back at your process again because I'm always interested to see how people tick in regards to their – I guess their art and craft, Mm. you know, what they do as as a performing artist, you know, because we're all performing artists and we all have different ways. Yeah. What do you do in order to sort of sustain yourself um, and to find, I guess, your ways of – because I remember you mentioned before about how – who is the real Leah, you know, mm. and you had to sort of d- go through your writing to actually just self-discover. Uh, so I guess my question is to you is like what do you do to debrief yourself and how do you find, um, I guess, your centre? Yeah, look, I was a runner muck when I was young, you know, when I was quite too young probably to be running amok. Um, so I sort of got that out of my system and I think you have to care for yourself. You've got to look after yourself. When I'm in profe- when I'm in work mode, I'm so professional, I make myself sick. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, there's, there's, there's no alcohol, there's no late nights. It's like I'm an elite athlete. Mm. I train for it. Once I know that I've got a show coming up, I'll start walking, you know, I've, I can't run anymore, lower back issues, but you know, at least going for walks and I started swimming and, um, and, and, and eating right and, devoting and making sure that I've got space in my house where I can come home and do a bit of stretching, although I've got two grandkids now and a dog that when I go on the ground it's just game on kind of thing, (laughs) they think. But I think you have to have – you have to have that – you have to treat yourself like that. Like I think a lot of actors think that you can get away with 
running amok all the time, but it does show in your work. You know, you've got to be responsible for the performance that you give. You've got to be responsible for your audience's um, entertainment. You know, they've come, they've paid tickets. I say every night's an opening night. Some people think I'm mad because they said, but, yeah, you can't cane yourself. And I said, yeah, but this is what I have to do. This is what I'm paid to do. Yeah. I'm paid to to give these people mm. what they've come to pay. I said, so it's like John, it's, it's like asking Jonathan Thurston not to be brilliant on a football field or one of your, you know, your AFL, I know I'm in AFL country and I don't know many, but an elite athlete, you're asking them to pull back or, you know, just come and have a drink and you'll be right, you know. It's too easy to grab a glass of wine and calm down at night. Mm. It's it's easier to find meditation, go through your process, turn yourself off, hug your family, mm. pat your dog, go for a walk. You know, sometimes when I was doing some shows, we'd go and train at night and you come down quicker. I fa- I've, I've loving swimming now um, in the sense that you can actually – talk yourself through your day as you're swimming, doing the laps, and then let all that stuff go. And especially because, especially so emotional stuff, you've got to have an outlet for it. If you're not letting it go on stage, which a lot of my roles have been where you do get to the end of your outlet, and just a little psychological games of when I take my shoes off, I'm done. Mm. I leave I leave those issues in my dressing room. Mm. I, I, I pray to my ancestors every, every before every performance for guidance and, and, and clarity and that my voice is strong. I pray afterwards that they're with me, you know, and, and you just make sure you get connecting to people too every now and then if you need, you know, someone will say the right words. You don't have to necessarily tell them you're having a bad day or you need some, but you just ring up and say hello and yeah, talk shop. Small and yarn. You, yeah, small yarn and you just put that away. But, you know, if you're serious about being in this industry, you have to be serious about it. That's it. It's such a hard industry. It's a fickle industry. You've got to, if you're, if you're the flavor of the month, you've got to work that till it becomes years. Yeah. And it, and it, I have no life. Uh, you know, I write. I, I, I'm here tonight. I'm glad that I got out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to go home and I've got writing to do, you know. So mm. I've got a late start tomorrow. You, you know, if you're serious about it, you know, people, I make people sick. I go, here comes Lee with a little bag. Yes, I'm off to do work, people. I'm not a social. I don't socialise much. Yeah. But I'll say hello. I'll share love, give a cuddle. I said, but I've got shit to do. Mm. I've got stuff to do, man. I'm hustling. Yeah. I'm hustling. <laughs> that's it, eh? I've, I've got to pay the bills. And I've got a family to support. Hey, yes. And that's the thing, like, you know, once you get that momentum, you don't want to stop. No, you, you know, can't. And that's really good, proper, practical yeah. advice of yeah. how to, because you mentioned before, like, Mob just turned to the drink, yeah. especially when we're on tour, things yeah. like that. It's like mm. that's become part of our ritual. Yeah. So you mentioned swimming and yeah, talking yeah, up, yeah. you know, like that's stuff. Well, that's that definitely we need the arts to... industry in full stop because you know yeah, you have openings, exactly. you have closings, yeah, there's yeah, alcohol yeah, involved. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's, yeah. that's that culture you know, that's that right, we need to, yeah, you know, no, knock no, off. Yeah. You know, and 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 to be professional, like, you know, I know we're mob and 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 we do that, but like when I call people up to be to audition for me for a role. I want them to be professional. Mm. You know, sometimes we get a bit lax and we talk about what they did the night before and I want to say to them, don't tell me that. I'm your director. You know I'm a black woman and I'll flog you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a grandmother yeah. now. Not at all. You know, and, and I, but I do that with anyone, black, white or brindle. I say I'm straight up. I said I don't deal with alcohol and drug issues. Mm. If you've got those, you've got to sort them out. I said I'm, I run a tight ship. And I'm not afraid to crack whips because mm. you've got to strive for perfection if you mm. want a sustainable career, you know, to have and you've got to be, you've got to be hungry and you've got to want that. Sometimes we're too easy and we just stop at, oh, you're good. I don't want to be just good. Mm. I want to be amazing and I never want to get there. I want to be brilliant. Because I want to, yeah, but I'd never want to get there because it's something I'm striving for. Mm. The day that I do, 
that I'm pushing up daisies or I'm retiring to go and make sandwiches or something. It's like they say, isn't it? Uh, practice makes permanence, not, not perfect. Yeah. All right, guys, stay tuned. We've got another deadly track coming up and we'll be right back with Leah Purcell. So I could blind tell them in the darkness, resilience thrives with an unmatched beauty and fire in her eyes. She burns as bright as the stars in the sky, cause the warrior spirit is very hard to come by. So when they ask what's a woman's worth, you say the greatest gift alive on earth. Uh, uh. Beautiful queen that I've ever seen, holding it down for your family. On your ground, your own smile, being real on the inside. Earth and fire shine inside. Sister, stand wherever you are. Hold the seeds of love in the queen of mother. Sister, girl, black diamond shining bright. I see you carry yourself with beautiful pride. Giving hope, raising kids for our future. A smile without a reason, you're a gift of a teacher. You're the strongest woman that I've ever seen. Work hard, projecting positivity. Holding it down, I'm grown in the side street. Giving room to dream, no silver spoon to feed. Baby girl, be proud, make the best choice in life. Keep your head up, this is my only advice. Your love stirs in the belly of the streets. Careful what you learn, finding your inner peace. You're more loved than you could possibly see. Like a rose grew in these concrete seas. Each day there's hope, always remember. I got your back in any type of weather. Beautiful queen that I've ever seen. Holding it down for your family. On your ground, you always smile. Being real on the inside. Earth and fire, shining star. Essence is stand wherever you are. Hold the seeds of birth in the queen of mother. This is for my sisters on the streets. Feeling open, go on, give it to the feet. Keep your head up. And this is for my single moms at home. Raising baby all alone. Cause that's gonna keep your head up. And this is for my independent girls. that be taking on the world. Not a father, keep your head up. And this is for my front line women who've been there from the beginning. Stand tall and keep your head up. 
and you were just listening to Sister Girl by Oetha. Um, now, that song, how deadly was that song? That came out only Mordic. a few days ago, actually. Um, and Oetha is made up of three staunch deadly artists, Lady Lash, Miss Hood and Dizzy D. Um, Dizzy D I know quite well, actually. She's from up Cansway, which is where I was born and, and raised on your dingy country there. Um, now, that song, it's actually, despite it being a cool sounding word that is Oetha, the band's name is a soulful acronym that means Our Earth, The Heart Acknowledges. Pretty deadly, mm. hey? Um, and just really quickly, uh, as a group of Indigenous women in an often male-dominated musical genre, their mission is simple, to make powerful music that has meaning, a message, substance and connects with real people going through real-life situations, healing the world one song at a time. That was deadly. Mm. Yeah. That's an, uh, that was really tight. Three strong matriarchs there as well. Those girls, I've seen them perform separately for their own their own works, mm. and to be a strong collaboration together, it's mm. just they're going to kill it, honestly. Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, they released it at the right time, mm. Nadoc, and the theme being because of her, we can beautiful timing, and everything you know happens for the right reason, at the right timing, doesn't it? That's mm. it, eh? So we're in the studio with Leah Purcell, and um, we're going to make the best of the time we have with her because mm-hmm. this is a busy woman here. Um, Leah, thanks again for your time. This is oh, really um, beautiful of you. Um, like I said, I've been an avid follower, and obviously um, you've been one of my mentors as well yeah. for, for many a years now. And um, it's interesting because I, not only have you seen young fellas grow and, and develop with their artistry, yeah. but also I think it's also worked both ways for us to see the development and artistry of you and how where you're going as well with your with your journey mm. it's been really interesting to see and um you know the whole thing about playing strong roles um, particularly for indigenous representation is that something you choose to do often or is this something that you find you fall into just naturally no uh, look i think as it's in so important as us as blackfellas to represent right i i, I think playing my you know our the black roles are the roles that i absolutely give my utmost because we can't fail and we shouldn't want to fail or we shouldn't want to do stuff half-hearted because mm. that's our mob we're representing. And I love those characters because I can take a little bit of my mum and put it in somewhere. I can take a little bit of an aunt or I can take it a little bit of a sister girl that you might dare down the road and you give that character something and people can see themselves in that. Therefore, you're you're reaching your audience and you, you can change people's lives with performances, you know, and that's what keeps me engaged because there's times where – you know, you, people might get bored with performance or they just do what they need to do to get over the line. But for me personally, I like to keep myself engaged. So I push myself and find different things. And, and, um, and it's important that we're telling our stories for our people. Mm. And I've always made sure that, that when I, through my writing, like especially in Box the Pony was my first attempt, where when Mob came to see it, they had the upper hand in the theatre house. And, you know, to watch the non-Indigenous people sort of be left behind it was a really nice psychological thing that was happening in the theatre you know Mm -hmm. because they're normally in the forefront but now I put mob through that and I think that's what we have to do because we have to sell tickets and 99.5% 5% of our audience that does it is our non-Indigenous brothers and sisters. Mm. So you have to cater. You've got to be smart. You've got to cater for the theatre of the world, what you're writing for. You've got to cater for the television. You've got to cater for the films. But at the same time, you still have to be clever and put us through that, put us in there yeah. And, yeah. And, and know how to balance your performance, you know. And um, 
And 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 I know, you know, through Box the Pony especially, there was nights when I didn't think there were mob in the audience and I'd do it the, the performance a particular way because I'd I'd skip over the blackfella stuff and then then all of a sudden there's nights where there's big mob in it and it takes the play takes double yeah. as long because they're beating me to the punchline and <laughs> you know, but that's but that's the joy of live performance and that's the joy of as a performer, yeah, I reach for my audience. I want to read my audience. I want to move them. If anyone's going to sleep, I want to wake them up. Mm. You know, if anyone's sitting there yawning, I want them to be turned around by the end of the piece. And I think it just keeps you on your toes as a performer. So performance doesn't become stale. So you don't get bored. You know, finding those little tricks to improve every night. Try something. Not saying try things different to change choreography, but you know, put a pause where you might not, or you're feeding off someone else's energy and you feed off your audience. That's that's where I'm always playing. You know, yeah. how close can I get to them? How much? Hey. Can how much, how much can I make saliva them cry? Can how much spit can I get a pause? <laughs> yeah. I want to set up the front. Hey. You, you know? <laughs> and how many people <sighs> you can shock, you know? That's it's it. like that's what it's all about and that's what makes it exciting yeah. for everyone. But I think as as Indigenous – and, you know, we've got a lot of great performances. I know I said before sometimes our, our mob run amok. I'm only saying that years ago, you know. We've got absolutely a, a wonderful generation of performers and, and, and it gives me so much joy because as as for yourself and, and Siri, you know, you, I've seen you come from Bloom and asking me for ten dollars back in nineteen ninety seven. You know, you know? No, he's asking back. Me. He gave me back. But you no. know what I mean. And you got your own show, and you're doing so much. And I feel so much pride in knowing that I've helped other people on a journey. And and. Nana's still out there doing it, you know what I mean? And that's Nana. what I say to people. That's what I say to people. You know, this is hard, guys. I've been in it for 26 years and I'm still mm. hustling. You know, I'm, I'm actually making more ground. But, you know, if you love this and this is what you are, you just got to – I'm like a little bulldog, mate. I bite on and I don't let go, you know. You got to you gotta to sustain yourself and that's and, – and, and, you know, we should be writing our own stories. We should be telling our mob stories for us yeah. but also catering for that wider community because we need bums on seats that's to sell today. your stuff. You've got to be clever mm. in, in your writing. Sometimes mm. you've got to give over to what the theatre houses want, get your reputation up as being a hard worker, you deliver, and then as you get your reputation, then you can turn your plays and become more political or however you want to put them on. But you've got to, you've got to earn your rep to get that opportunity. And you, you've got to play the game. There's a game out there. Yeah. You've got to play it, but you still – but I can, I can say I've played the game, but I've never, ever lost who I am and why I'm doing it. Wow. I can. I feel like I can relate, but I can't. Obviously, <laughs> uh, you know. I feel like for me, the hustle is real. You know, because I've been acting for fifteen years now, and I feel the same way. And it got to a point where that industry starts to define you. Yeah. You know, and I felt myself losing myself a little bit, and I was taking them roles, thinking that they're the roles that's going to get me somewhere in the industry. But then you've got to come back ground yourself again, do some soul searching, find yourself again and then all of a sudden I was writing my own stuff. Yeah. And then last year I started my own art collective and we've done short films and things like that and that's gone viral, you know, and that's because it's real and it's come from here. Yeah. And that's what was missing for me in my acting journey. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, sometimes the little roles you need, you need to sort of keep your performance fitness up, as I call it. Sometimes it might be just a little role, but in between the big roles, it's good to just keep in people's faces. You know, I've done stuff like I did um, Last Cab to Darwin, three minutes screen time. 
Yep, no worries. I'll be there. But you want me? I got to look in. I'm standing next to Jackie Weaver, and Oscar winner, eh? You yeah. know, and and, and that's Mark what I did Shepard. it for. And Mark Mark Smith. You know, um, so you know, and the, and sometimes you just have to do that. You got to be in people's faces. You got to work. You know, producers see you, directors see you, and you just never know what people have on their slates and where you yeah. might slot in. You it know, shows that you work. Yeah, too, yeah, you know, yeah. You so know, and after Police Rescue and Fallen Angels back in. Nine, in the in the 90s and we won awards for those shows and you could say, oh, I don't want to do anything, but I went and did a little GP, um, um, a little thing and I think I played a prostitute in the corner for two hey. minutes, you know, but I rocked them shorts. <laughs> that's all you did. Hey. You know what I mean? But it's, it's work, about, that's it, work. but it's just about, yeah, but it's just about, you know, getting in people's faces and because mm. you never know who you might meet on set and, and if people are impressed by you, you know, the industry talks. I guess to... um. In regards to what we were discussing earlier and, and the whole thing about the uh, cultural obligations, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a thing of do you find that sometimes even though like you, you try to get to mainstream, there's this cultural obligation that you feel you, you still are sort of tossing and turning with in, in, internally? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I sort of came up with my own way of dealing with that. So especially like when you're looking at your old people and family and and deaths and sorry business, you know. So I sort of made sure that I I saw my old people when they were – alive, you know, I'd make sure I'd go home and spend time with them. And if ever I, you know, found out they were sick and if I couldn't get there, I'd make sure that I had, that someone put a phone up to their ear so that I felt I've said my goodbyes. And, you know, a lot of them said to us, we understand what industry you work in, Bub, and the responsibility, but we're more proud of you out there doing it than having to worry about sitting with us and crying for their, our loss, you know. Mm. And us, and, and that's, you have to find, you have to find that because unfortunately, industry doesn't wait for anyone, you know, to have time off for sorry business or stuff like that. There's also the cultural um, responsibility of when you've got non-Indigenous people wanting to do Indigenous stories and they ring you up and say, can you be my blackie, you know, Um, and you've got to, and you've, and you've really got to look at it and consider it. And then you've got to look at what knowledge you have and do you have the right to go, okay, yes, I'll be your spokesperson, you know, because there's a, that's a massive responsibility. And, and I pride myself in the fact that I've got a good uh, work ethic in regards to having elders. There's at least, you know, five or six elders on each of my projects so that, you know, I'm not bombarding them because a lot of our elders, they don't know the format of theatre or mm. television and to explain them that you've got to twist this a little bit and have a little bit of that but you can't have all of that. And So I don't sort of bombard them. So especially with Drover's Wife, I had um, my – because my great-grandfather's story is laid through it so I had three – um, representatives from my family. Then I spoke to where we thought our grandfather was taken from. So I got a representative from the um, Guga Yimitan mob up there for language and dance and movement. And then I had a representative for the Snowy Mountains mob with language. So, and then I, because I said to him, if I can't do this right, I'll be struck by lightning and I wouldn't have had the success that I've had with the story. And it's bloody hard work when you've got six people that you get to ring and read stuff out and go, does this sound right? Mm. You know, one of my uncles said, "Is it what? how does the story end for, you know, grandfather? And I went... Well, in this version, not good, but in real life, he, he did real badly. <laughs> and the uncle said, oh, he went quiet. He said, oh, let me, I'll get back to you. So, you know, and I had to wear what he said, but mm. he said, no, no, I just, you know, thought about what you said and, 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 um, that's good. And then, you know, having, um, same with black chicks talking. I had 10 women on the phone. In those days, we didn't have internet where you could, you know, do stuff and no, 
it what's took it? longer. Um, eh? uh, yeah, no, um, when you, you know, press that button and everyone can hear what you say and yeah. it was always longer and, and, and making sure that you have a responsibility when you're telling other people's stories to have the guts to allow them to see it, um, comment on it. You know, me and Siri, we're working on a project soon. I can't mention what it is, but it's mm. um, it's in, in embargoed. But it's with MTC. It's a musical, and I'm working very closely with the people um, who I'm writing writing about. And you know, one of the person the other day asked me to change a song. I wrote this big email and said, "Can I please just express why I'm using that particular song?" Then we had a phone conversation, and the uncle still wanted it gone, so I removed it. Mm. But and it's actually the song that he suggested is actually far more better. Because it's, it, it, you think she, the, the woman's going to give up, but she actually goes on and does. So it was actually a really nice dramatic moment. And you go, well, there you go. I've been gifted with be. something meant to be. Yeah, you know? yeah. But 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 it is hard work because you do have to get on the phone. You do have to explain stuff. But by goodness, when it's done right, you are so rewarded. And and when the and when you know your old people are happy, the old old ancient people are happy, and you're gifted with 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 you know thoughts and 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 accolades and and the sharing you know and that's what we did since time began and you know we have to be aware of those protocols and we should uphold them if we call ourselves a black follower well then there's work to be done that's it there's work to be done when you got to do stuff it's not easy yeah. mm. and there's you don't have a right there's a responsibility mm. and if you call yourself a black follower then you take that responsibility on that's mm. just the old ways and that's just the way it was done yeah and it's meant to be hard work yeah you got to earn what you what what you're going to receive mm. and white followers and collie breed need to understand that too you know that uh, that it does take time there's yeah. a lot of juggling you got to be flexible and you just got to go with yeah. the flow eh? yeah you well know? i've been very lucky that you know um mtc was a little bit <laughs> spinning there because they haven't worked with it i said but if we do this right now at the beginning put your money in here bring those elders in we're going to do a reading for them they're going to have a conversation there, yeah. there's a first that you know when we sit down at the end of it of the show and tell and the reading they're the first people to talk yeah. and we will sit and we will listen and we will wait mm-hmm. and and hear what they have to say so they were a little bit oh my goodness and I said, but trust me, if we get this right, then we have their blessings and we can move forward That's and we can put on a great show. Because if that foundation's rocky, mm. I couldn't, I couldn't. You know, that's what I said when I was doing Black Chicks Talk and I said, if I don't have the blessing, like the pr- publisher when I said that the women will have the final edit on their chapters, she nearly fell off a chair. She said, what are you doing? I said, but that's what that's what i got to do because if they don't support this book, I can't get out there and sell it for you because mm. that that spirit, that soul is no good, you that's know. It, eh? and and gammon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and, you know, and there was times where I had people ringing me up and, no, you got to get rid of that. And I'd, t- I'd always collaborate. And I'd always tell them why I did that. And one sister come back with all this black, you know, big nick uh, marker pen. All through. I said, yeah, if you don't have that, you look no good when you read this bit. And you can't just give me one line on that page. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but then when I talked through, it took me three hours. And then I sent it back to her and she brought it back and there was only one line missing, mm. you know. But I, but she felt good about it and she heard where I was coming from. And, you know, your tongue goes dry and you, you bug it at the end of it. But. But, you know, the rewards come because you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And I just think, you know, it's it's part of who we are. You That's know, it. our initiation ceremonies are gone, and, yeah. but it's still a cultural practice of sharing stories, gathering. It's still there. It's just it's in, still in there. the contemporary it's in a different form, contemporary form, isn't it? Form. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's sort of like, you know, you get the good things back. You know, karma comes back because you put the effort and the good things in at the beginning and then your work prospers and, mm. and, and blooms and blossoms and it, eh? you go forth. Otherwise, you know, I just, you know, without that I – I don't know what sort of a performer or person I'd be without 
that cultural element or that blackness that sits deep and just earths you, you know. You know, and that thing what you mentioned before about when someone's asked you for specifics in regards to a brief of creating a show and, you know, you've said that the idea of having to um, be their consultation, not only yeah. are you someone who's just the artist, you have to take on all these other hats. Yes. We've had this conversation yeah. quite often, haven't we, Today, Leila? Yeah. Um, in regards to, you know, when is it time for us to have rest in between? But we don't mm. as, no. as Aboriginal people. And, again, feeling that obligation to cultural obligation and, the, um, and you know, the perception of what people expect from us and what we know, what we actually live and breathe, mm. are two different worlds completely. Yeah. Like, you know, when you, you talk about rest and that, look, a lot of that comes, like we had a great time on um, Redfern Now because it was black executive producers Black Production House. There was still non-Indigenous people working there, but mm. it was Blackfellas leading um, black directors, black writers, black lead actors, where you didn't have to explain every second thing that you'd done, you know, mm-hmm. so that there was an understanding. And that was really nice to and you and we all felt so empowered. Yes. And I think it's when we can control from the, the top positions, then it becomes a little bit easier because there's an understanding, you That's know. That's it. We work better yeah. in community as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, 100%. you know, and look at Ilbidgeri with the stuff that they're That's doing. It, That's eh? why you got Rachel Mazur at the helm and, mm. and leading that charge, you know. As I said through um, Redfern Now, that was um, Sally Riley and Erica Glenn and Darren Dale and Rachel Perkins with Blackfellow mm. Films mm. and, you know, I've got my own production company and, and we know that there's certain things that we do in regards to cultural and, and, and that responsibility so mm. that it makes it feel good and right to, to prosper, you know, further down the track. And yeah. and when you're working, like we're working with David Jowsey and he's run around with a lot of blackfellas now, you know, and he, so it's nice that he's non-Indigenous but he's worked with a lot of us mad fellas now that he, he knows the lay of yeah. the land and, yeah. you know, and it's great when you can find that because then the creativity is not strangled by... You know, regulations or legislation, expectations, you know, it's so it's all the nation (laughs) words. All the nations. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's nice. But that's when we were at our ultimate, like Redfern now, because it was, you didn't, you know, there was people that understood and you were just allowed to create and um, we were very, very spoiled on that. It's a pity it doesn't come back. (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe. Mm. Any philanthropists listening? (laughs) But, yeah, you're on Urban Dreaming, guys. We're actually here till 9pm. We're here with Leah Purcell in the studio live. So incredible. Um, We've got a song for you right now and we'll be right back. It's where I live 
Alfie Akuri, you're listening to Urban Dreaming on Joy. Yes, that song just then was Native Tongue by Mojo Juju, featuring, featuring Pacifica, uh, Victoria Choir. Mm. Interesting. So Mojo Juju has long been one of Australia's most dynamic performers and in her songwriting over the last few years in particular, has demonstrated her talent as an intense and driven artist, unafraid to wear her personal stories, challenges and wins on her sleeve. Yes, the new single... Native Tongue is a portrait of the artist at her most personal yet produced piece and featuring the stunning Pacifica Victoria Choir. Mojo tears apart the prejudices that she has had to face as a queer woman of colour, as well as navigating growing up in Australia and being of mixed ethnicity. The song is empowering and haunting at all all the same time and the music video is actually equally stirring. Yeah, that's amazing stuff. Like I've been out of the music scene for so long and these young people that I've heard here tonight, the, the, the production standard and the quality, it's just it's it's just on another level. Yeah. So good on everybody. Yeah. It's so awesome. I must go and Google these things. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I love that Layla always brings in new tracks. It's, it's just awesome. Yeah. And just seeing our, our mob grow and, yeah. and just expand into into yeah. every category of, of, music, of the arts. Yeah, it's you know? so hard. Music is so hard. I, said, I was saying to Arnie Lear as well, like, you know, because this type of music so experimental and moody and deadly, like, and we're not on mainstream as much, we do sort of remain this underground sort of community, but mob well sorry not just mob but mainstream don't realize that we're so far ahead in our craft you know Mm. so we need to be on a lot more platforms than what we're given yeah but not forgetting the allies that we have on the way you know and the uh, the idea of being given a platform like the show specifically in in a non-indigenous environment that's just incredible diversity within diversity that is aboriginality and torres strait islander for sure so we don't have much time left unfortunately we've only got five minutes before we finish but um i just want to i guess in regards to you know with leah uh, your work that you do, like I said, is incredible. It's it always uh, being in admiration of what you do. And um, I guess there's a lot of listeners out there who actually oh, – sorry, I shouldn't even say out there. They're with us right now. Yeah. Um, the idea of telling um, – just giving advice, really. What would you give advice to the young young fellas and boys, girl, boys and girls, as well as, um, I guess – aspiring actors, people who want to get into the industry? Yeah. Look, I think it is important to get some sort of education on it. Like I came, I didn't, and it was very scary and daunting. And I wish even if it's just to get the terminology so that when you're on set or you're in the theatre, you're not so in the dark so you feel that you've got, you you know, you know what they're talking about. Yeah, the jargon of it so you can understand. And um, so I do, and and, and it's about practice makes perfect. You know, it's practicing, practicing don't um, do community stuff just to keep your, I call it performance fitness up. So when you are called up for an audition or when a job does present itself, you're ready to go. You're not unfit. You you know, you've got to look after yourself. You you, and, 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 And you've just got to, if you really um, want this sort of industry, you've got to have a thick skin and you've got to find the way to get yourself in there and be seen and be heard, whether that's writing your own stuff, performing your own crew, um, support one another. It is a big, wide world out there and we can all have a crack at the cherry. Mm. You know, there's it's about helping each other up because when one person comes up, they'll always bring someone with them and, you know, and that's what I can honestly say that I'm so proud out of all the young people that I've helped along the way and ones that are in community that haven't gone on but I've given them an opportunity to see something that they could do, you know, and and make something of themselves, you know. And that's what I say. If you don't want to – performance can also give you that – give you that confidence to, to go up and, and get that job or do something Mm -hmm. for yourself because we have to look out, you have to look out for yourself. My mother always said, you got to look out for number one and number one is you, not in an egotistical way, but when you're right, your family's right. When your family's right, community's right. Mm. Beautiful way to finish off guys. Thank you so much, Leah, for your time. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Layla, for joining us. Yes, you're in Urban Dreaming. Such a pleasure to have you all tonight. Good night. And we'll see you next week. Good night, Jupiler. Take care. You have been listening to Urban Dreaming with your hosts, Sue Rummy and Miss Elanius, a show that aims to bridge the gap and close the divide. You can stay up to date by adding us on your Facebook and download the podcast from joy.org.au. Urban Dreaming on Joy 94.9.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.